where there's a very similar message. As we prepare for the new year, we'll be looking at a verse in Psalm 90. Just out of curiosity, how many of you heard that song on what? Was it Friday night, New Year's Eve? How many of you have ever heard it sung on New Year's Eve? Probably most of us. It's a poem, as some of you I'm sure know, in the Scottish dialect. It's set to an old Scottish folk tune. And uh, an unscientific survey that someone I know did a while back says that a lot of us don't really think about that much about the words when it's sung or even know the words. But I think it's so fitting that we so often sing that song uh, on New Year's Eve because there is a lesson in the song, a lesson that comes out of Psalm 90. As we'll see in a bit, it's titled Old Lang Syne, as most of you know, and the phrase could be roughly translated, uh, at least ver- word for word, it's old long since, or long, long ago, or the one I like best is old times past. Doesn't it evoke something as you hear it sung, as you stand at the gate of the year and look back? <laughs> It's a song that asks a question, really, a tender question that has to do with the nature of being alive, of being a person on a journey in a world. And it not only asks, it gives an answer to the question it asks, as we're going to see. But what do you think? Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Heavens no. Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne, days of old times past? It was written, or at least it was written down by Robert Burns, who is a great lyric poet and kind of a bard of Scotland. Uh, hundreds of years ago, in 1788, in fact, he sent a copy of the poem to the Scots Musical Museum, and he attached a note that said, the following song, an old song, A song of the olden times has never been in print. And, of course, he wanted them to put it in print. Burns was interested in the culture of Scotland. And so, in addition to what he did, the the songs he wrote, he collected old folk songs and poems. And he got this one, he said, from an old man. And no one knows who to this day. And then he wrote it down. He said he found the phrase, old lang syne, exceedingly expressive. And he said... Whoever wrote the poem was heaven-inspired. And the song spread throughout Scotland where it was sung to mark mark the end of the new year. And soon it spread throughout the entire English-speaking world. The question that it asks, I think, is clear. Should we know, should those that we know and love be forgotten and never thought of? Should old times past in which they lived be forgotten? No, the song says they shouldn't. We'll remember those times and those people, and we will toast them now and always. We'll keep them close, it says. We'll take a cup of kindness yet. We'll be that for one another. It won't just be in the past. The message of the song is that the past isn't uh, very important. And that we shouldn't forget it. it. The old has something for us. And so does the present. As the last stanza makes clear, the song is not only about those who were in your life, but those who are in your life. And so it says, and here's a, here's a hand, my trusty friend. And give a hand of thine. Let's connect right now. 
will take a right good draught for old Lang Syne. We'll live together now and enjoy it. Moses was in a similar position as we are now. Uh, when we sing that song, he was looking back, not just over the last year, but over really his whole lifetime at all that happened, just as we look back on New Year's Eve on the year before. And he put to words what he was feeling in another psalm, a psalm, song, Psalm 90. It's one that evokes the same kind of nostalgia and the same kind of, of desire that, that that unknown Scottish bard did when he wrote his song, as he looked back over his life at old times past. And Moses summed it up in verse 12, a tremendously evocative verse where he said, Oh, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. They're so precious that we may present unto you a heart of wisdom. Of course, the question is, do I number my days? Do you number your days? They, they kind of slip through their, your fingers, don't they? And it seems that the older you get, the faster they go through your fingers and the harder it is to grasp them and the more you realize just how precious they are. That's where Moses was. He was a wise judge, as you know, and he was a, a leader of God's people who, know more than, who, who knew more than anyone else on the planet probably then the weaknesses of God's people, right? The characteristic weaknesses of we human beings. And in Psalm 90, this man of God looked back over 40 years of ministry, and he prayed a prayer that has really has stuck with me, and I'm sure some of you, uh, ever since. I read it many years ago when I was a child. That Moses was a man full of days, and he knew that the end of his life had finally come, that he was looking back on it for the last time because God told him. And perhaps it came as something of a shock that it was finally going to happen to him. I wonder if it doesn't always come as something of a shock when our time finally comes. He was looking back as... Um, at the many days God's children had wasted, 40 years of days to be precise, right? 40 years of wandering in the wilderness because of their sin, because of their rebellion. And the one lesson, I find it interesting, that the one lesson that Moses drew from a lifetime of trying to lead uh, this disobedient people was not that they should have obeyed God more. Not that they should have obeyed God more than they did, but rather that they should have numbered their days better than they did. It's really a kindergarten lesson that God the Father tries to bring home to us all the way through the Scripture. As for man, his days are like grass. Remember Isaiah 40? There are many, many passages that talk about this. This kindergarten lesson that we as his children need to learn. And looking back over the days of our fleeting lives with a heart of wisdom, Moses at the end of his days says that very thing. Teach us to number them. When we look back at our past, at all that's past, it gives us another chance to relive, to make a resolution maybe, to relive the present in a day that does, in a way that does justice to the preciousness of the day. Justice to our old acquaintances, to our loved ones, to the days of our lives, which are so precious. Moses was saying something like that.
What does it mean to number our days? Many things. But under them all, it means to make our days count. To make the most of them. To realize our lives while we live them. What a novel idea. Rather than waiting to really live until you get over this hurdle or that hurdle. And life is nothing but hurdles, so we never really live. And appreciate Realize our lives while we live them. Every, every minute, rather than just, you know, in hindsight, when you're thinking about days gone by. Under it all, it has to do, I think, numbering our days with, really, with gratitude. With an attitude of gratitude, rather than just taking things for granted. Rather than just taking people for granted. Underneath all the ups and downs. Old Lang Syne. The gratitude that really is the foundation of all Christian living, where we lovingly, gratefully number our days as priceless gifts and all that's in them, because only then are we going to make the most of them. There's just something about certain times of our lives, whether, you know, you're holding vigil by the bed of a loved one who's about to go, as I did a couple weeks ago as I know some of you did this year, or lying, you know, in your own bed while others are holding vigil over you? What do you think you'll feel looking back? Or standing at the gate of the year like we are right now here? Where we look back and we really understand something about old times past. And it helps us to understand something about the present. And we need to do both together. That life is a precious thing. That every moment is a gift to be treasured, which is why it's called the present. Right? The moment is a present. It's the present. The most precious present that God gives us. And people are the greatest treasure. The very loved ones that, if you're anything like me, it's so easy to take for granted. Too often, I think, we only appreciate it all looking back because we don't number our days, our moments, our loved ones. We don't number them like like you'd number pieces of gold. How do you count up your wealth? You know, Governor Mitch Daniels of Indiana said that he always experienced Old Lang Syne as kind of a celebratory or joyous song. And it is, but something happened in 2004 that added another dimension to it. Daniels was running for office, as some of you know, and um, it became a new bonding experience for him and his father, who his father followed the campaign uh, step by step closely. Daniels would call and they'd talk about it back and forth. He said that his father loved his stories from the road. But the elder Daniels died unexpectedly in August of 2004. Fifty days, the son said, short of my election as governor. And at the end of the new, a New Year's party that year, the governor-elect heard the song, he said, in a new way. Ever since, he said, I hear its wistfulness. It's so evocative of all the things we treasure that are gone. It's wistfulness. What do you hear? I hope it's both, because there is warm nostalgia. There is a wistfulness 
to the past. It's fitting when we look at the past. But there should also be this celebratory joy in the present that's the direct result of that wistfulness. That looking at the past should stir. Because on one hand, life is passing us by. And on the other, it's a wonderful life. Right? Oh, teach us to number them, to make the most of every one of them with those who most matter. The song, as some of you probably know, has become a staple in a lot of movies. And uh, one woman asked some people to think of the greatest old Lang Syne scene that they had seen, and she said every one of them had the same answer. It wasn't when they heard it in Out of Africa. Do any of you remember hearing it in Out of Africa? I don't. I saw the movie. But it was kind of an add-on. It wasn't uh, when they heard it and when Mary met Sally or Charlie Chaplin's old song of film, the, God Ru- the Gold Rush. Maybe it wasn't a coincidence that the great old Lang Syne scene in cinematic history is from what? Yeah, it's a wonderful life. It comes at the end of the film. Uh, of course, at the end, friends surround, surround George Bailey, who was just recently rescued by an angel. And someone bumps the Christmas tree and one of the ornaments shake, and it happens to be a bell, and it rings. And George's daughter says, every time the bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Remember that? And George looks up and he winks. Thanks, Clarence, he says. And then the music swells. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. They were so full of the wonder of life. And this song added depth to it and intensified it. You, you know the best translation, I think, for Outlandzang? It's not just old times past. It's not three words. The best translation has four. It's a wonderful life. Because the song can't but help but remind us of that. Looking back over this year, there were, of course, many departures. Sparky Anderson died this year. How many of you even remember Sparky Anderson? Some of you do. He passed away on October 30th. He was the Hall of Fame baseball manager who led the uh, Cincinnati Reds and the the Detroit Tigers to World Series championships. And Barbara Billingsley died this year. On October 16th, best known as... June Cleaver, yeah, Beaver's mom, in Leave it to Beaver. Robert Byrd died this year on June 28th. This this fiddle-playing, self-educated son of a coal miner. Look what he did. Became a U.S. senator from West Virginia from 1959 until his death in 2010, the longest-serving member of Congress. Gary Coleman died this year on May 28th. An actor who started out, as some of you know, at the age of 10 in the 1980s TV sitcom, Different Strokes. Alexander Haig died this year. On February 20th, former Army General Art Linkletter. Art Linkletter, on May 26th, best known as the, TV, the, show, the host for the TV show, what? House Party. Remember that? All the precious moments that he created with children that were so priceless. He was also known for his best-selling book and all the sequels, Kids Say the Darndest Things. 
Eddie Fisher died this year on September 22nd. How many of you you remember Eddie Fisher? Now, you're really dating yourself because I do not. September 22nd, this hugely popular, uh, clear-voiced, you know, singer of the 1950s who sold millions of records, had 32 hits, who lost his fame and fortune by gambling, by drinking. And in marriage scandals, among his ex-wives were Debbie Reynolds and Elizabeth Taylor. What do we do with our lives? Donald Gerke on January 10th, 2010. You probably don't remember him. He was the Campbell Soup researcher who invented SpaghettiOs. Claim to fame. I could list many more. And they bring back such evocative, rich memories, don't they, of what life really is that we don't realize until it's gone. Dixie Carter, Tony Curtis, Jimmy Dean, James Kilpatrick, Don Meredith, Mitch Miller, Lynn Redgrave, Elizabeth Post, Miss Manners, J.D. Salinger, of Catcher in the Rye fame, Daniel Shore. Ruth Myers died this year. And I'm wearing this suit in honor of her and in honor of the old times past we shared. What do you think about? What do you remember? When you look back, what does it do to you looking back? You feel like Hugh Pratner did before he died? He said, if I had only. I don't want to have to say that. All of us will to some degree, but basically I don't want that to be true. If I had only forgotten future greatness and looked at the green things and the buildings and reached out to those around me and smelled the air and ignored the forms and the self-styled obligations and heard the rain on my roof and put my arms around my wife. Perhaps, he says, it's not too late. It's not too late. Hearing of those who have passed makes me look back at all the old times past with a kind of wistfulness that old acquaintances should not be forgot. Easy answer. That they should be brought to mind, that we should honor uh, their passing. But it also moves me to look to the gift of the present, at the most important things that fill it. Like Julie, who was sitting over there in the first service, and Jordan, our eldest, back from college, and Rachel, back from college, no longer at the home. What an emptiness. Cameron, still at home. And Ariel, Jordan's fiance. And I look at all of you. And it makes me want to say, here's a right hand, my trusty friend. And give a hand of thine. We'll take a right goodwill draught for old Lang Syne. For the old times past we've shared. And we'll take a cup of kindness yet, it says. Let's do it now. We'll take a cup of kindness yet this year. We'll take it together. Oh, teach us to number our days, Lord. That we may present unto you a heart that's full of wisdom and love. And all that you want to be there. Their fathers... We're waiting until their obligations are less demanding to become acquainted with their sons. There are mothers 
who, are sincere, who sincerely intend to be more attentive to their daughters. There are husbands and wives who say that someday they'll stop sweeping it all under the carpet and they'll start to understand each other. You can't help but ask the question, when, for all of us, I know for me sometimes, when will we begin to live as if this is life? This is our time. This is our day. And it is passing. What are we waiting for? Oh, teach us to number our days. Teach us, oh Lord. Which, if you think about it, is just what we're doing here at DCC in this year of the caring community. We're celebrating the most important gift that exists in the present. And that, that, that's in the present that he gives us at every moment of our lives. And that is the gift of one another. In our nuclear families, in our church family. It's why we're going to be, you might say, sharing a cup of kindness over a salad bar right after this service. I hope you stay and do that. What a way to begin the year. It's why we're bringing in a marriage seminar, the love and respect, which is so biblically grounded in the fundamentals of what a husband and a wife needs from the other. On Valentine's weekend, it's why for six weeks we'll be doing a 40 days of love experience in small groups for six weeks, weekly, to to learn the way Jesus loves so that we can do that with each other. Looking back over this last year, over your life, Which is it for you, celebratory or wistful or a wonderful synergy of both? Is there a piercing sense of nostalgia at all that you didn't realize? Or is there a celebratory joy for all you did realize? Which will it be for us next year, our DCC family, when we look back? The answer to that question will be, what we did with the present. What we've done with one another this year. So how about starting it out together on the right foot as we extend hands as trusty friends, exchanging cups of kindness over Sunday lunch. Yeah, there's just something about certain times. And I think above and beyond all the other times, the one about which there is something most of all is the time when we share communion. What a great way to begin the year. He said, do this in what? Remembrance. Look back. Do this in remembrance of me, in remembrance of my death, he said. Communion is a time when we look back at the one thing that most counts not the passing of, you know, Dixie Carter or Tony Curtis or Jimmy Dean. Not that of James Kilpatrick or Don Meredith or Mitch Miller. But the passing of Jesus Christ that can stir in us an attitude of gratitude in the present that is the foundation of Christian living. Because of what he did in the past, because of his death, now no care compares to what we've been spared. And so we can enjoy life in the present. 
an attitude of gratitude for the death of Jesus Christ and all that it made possible. Communion, above all the other times, is when we look back at the one thing that most counts in the past to help us cherish it and to live by it, to live in the reality of what his death means today in the present. And to that end, shall we share a cup at this table? We'll have the servers come forward.